0: Quite Unusual. Hi, and welcome to the Quite Unusual podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Noelle. And we are your hosts. Sure are! (laughs) Sitting in the haunted attic, drinking some champs, and talking about some spooky stuff because... It's spooky season. So spooky. So I hope you are all watching scary movies, carving pumpkins, summoning demons. You have to.
1: You know, typical fall shit. Yeah. It's just, that's what you do. Can I ask you a question? Of course. Are squirrels eating your pumpkins or is it just me? They're not
0: eating my pumpkins.
1: <laughs> I have the most beautiful, like, it's like a 20 pound pumpkin. Yeah. It's like the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh-huh. And it is being desecrated. By squirrels but you know i guess
0: feed wildlife you know i actually fine. i made pumpkin soup and i didn't use all of the pumpkin mm-hmm. and i cut it up into little pieces and i left it outside for the squirrels so i think that they're
1: like leaving my shit alone
0: now because oh, i fed them
1: you made friends with the squirrels yeah, you
0: got to offer them <laughs> set, set out offerings for the squirrels i'll do it at their altar you know what i heard uh stops that from happening what if you spray paint your pumpkin Either oh. with clear or mm. I guess you can get like an orange
1: pumpkin colored spray paint. Yeah. I've never tried it. It kind of seems like, eh, to me. It, it seems kind of gross. Yeah. And also sort of mean because it's like, I guess if they're hungry, they can totally eat my pumpkins and it's right. fine. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Sweet baby squirrels. Oh, I feel like Snow White.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this was a big week for us. <laughs> the biggest. This
1: is a huge week. It was a week. Do you want to share with the class about um, what happened this week, all? sure which thing should i share um i'll share one you share one how about that all right okay i got fired on monday i got fired because i have a podcast
0: yeah
1: my employers googled me (laughs) and when you google me what comes up but quite unusual and they were like hmm this is quite inappropriate yeah i know serious eye roll Mm. But I got yelled at like I was a fucking toddler. (laughs) Um, No joke. And I didn't cry. I don't know how I didn't. That's good. And then on Monday morning, they were like, can we um, talk to you? And I was like, I wonder what this is about. (laughs) Um, and I sat down and they said, we hate your podcast. It's disgusting and it's disturbing. And I was like, mm, mm-mm. well Wow. But yeah, so I got fucking fired for having a podcast. And that was literally the reason. They're like, it's also the podcast. And I chose the podcast. She chose
0: me. I chose you. <laughs> it's me. It's always been me. Yeah.
1: It was like a real Ash Ketchum moment. <laughs> I threw a Pokeball and I yelled, I choose you. <laughs> But you weren't standing there, so they were just yeah. like, yeah, you need, to, you need to leave. Please stop <laughs> throwing things in the office. So that's my news. Do you have any cool um, news? Well, they're actually on the
0: opposite end. Our <laughs> podcast was actually featured in our local newspaper.
1: So cute. Which was pretty awesome. There's a giant picture of the two of us. Yeah. It's a really good picture, though. Thank it's, God. It's a very good one. Well, she asked for pictures, and I wasn't yeah. going to send like the selfies we take up here because they're very bad. Yeah. So
0: And yeah, so we, we're like hometown famous kind of almost. A little bit. A like tiny. For the for the mm-hmm. seven people that get the newspaper mm-hmm. in our town. Yes. We're famous. If you
1: read the Displains Journal, um, <laughs> and you are likely an older man named Cliff, you know who we are now. We're famous, too. We're a paranormal is what you think. We're a paranormal woman. Mm. Yes. And, <laughs> so thanks for Thanks for reading our article, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. This uh, episode is dedicated to Cliff. It goes out to you, babe. Well, anyways, we
0: are going to continue with our spooky month. And today we'll be talking about a little old haunted cemetery that's actually really, really close to home. Mm, Hometown.
1: Hometown.
0: And I'm surprised neither of us have actually been there. I know. I have friends who have been there. But they neglected to invite me when they went. And if you're listening, you know who you are. (laughs) You know who you are. (laughs) This cemetery is considered one of the most haunted cemeteries in the United States. Today we are talking about Bachelor's Grove Cemetery. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you're in the Chicagoland area. Maybe you've even been there. Side note, if you have been there,
1: tell us about your experiences. We want to know so bad. Before we get, like, super into the Bachelor's Grove scene, mm-hmm. I have two updates for Rod Farrell, if you don't mind. Uh, I'd love to read them.
0: I definitely don't mind. Rod Farrell, for those who are maybe just starting to listen, was our last episode. So we have a couple updates, you said?
1: Yes. So two of our beautiful baby listeners wrote in. Awesome. Okay. Um, And I would like to read them now. Please do. So one of our dear friends who also has a podcast called Killin' Missin' Hidden, Mm. V Good, his name is Brad. What's up, Brad? Um, He is a lawyer. They let him practice law for some reason. So We got the inside scoop. That's right. So Dear Brad says, boom, exclamation point. (laughs) (laughs) I can answer your question about the Florida sentencing stuff you had in your awesome vampire episode, which to just go back to that, they had like a really weird sentence where it was like ten years and four months or whatever. Yeah, like and ten and a half and Yeah, we didn't understand it because mm-hmm. we're not we're not of lawyers. The so. law. Yes. So he says, I can answer your question about the Florida sentencing stuff. The short answer is Florida uses a worksheet to figure out how big of a turd you truly are <laughs> and that spits out a recommendation for judges to follow when handing out a prison sentence. Since math is involved, you'll get weird results like 10 years and four months or whatever. But I say this as someone who does not practice law in Florida, so I may not have a perfect grasp of the system. He also said, y'all were correct that Florida abolished parole. You can get something akin to, quote, good time if you aren't a nightmare of a prisoner for the guards. But I think that can only reduce your sentence to a maximum of 15% whoa okay so you can't get parole but you
0: can get reduced time
1: that's what it yeah that's what lawyer brad says wow and florida, i trust him yeah florida sucks he's a lawyer very true he knows the law and then our sweet friend katie um who is a hometown listener very exciting From Sh- chicagoland area yes oh sick she just wrote this like 30 minutes ago <laughs> and
0: nice timing
1: katie and i was checking um our social means before we recorded and i was like we are definitely reading this Mm -hmm. so that's a little shout out um if you're afraid to slide into those dms now's the time yeah do it now's the time so Sweet Katie says, hi ladies, love the pot. Listening to the Rod Farrell episode right now. And when you started talking about encephalitis, I had to write in.
0: Ooh.
1: Encephalitis is
0: the infection of the brain, by the way. Yes. That they,
1: that they tried to say that Rod had, but we weren't sure. Right. So she continues, my brother contracted encephalitis three years ago from a virus as an adult. He was 36 at the time. So I can attest to the personality slash mental changes that happen as a result. Most common outcomes are extreme memory loss and inability to care for oneself. Relearning simple things like walking, talking, and eating. It left my brother with damage to his temporal lobe and hippocampus. So, Mm. I know, so sad. So he can't create new memories. Think 10 Second Tom from Fifty First First All of this is to say that if Rod had encephalitis, I would put it at the bottom of the list of things to cause him to go off the deep end and murder people. Whoa. Because he wouldn't even remember why he was there. Wow. Smiley face. She put a smiley face emoji, which is very cute. Um, <laughs> also, I'm from the Chicago area, so I appreciate all of the Midwestern references. Nice. So thank you both so much for writing in. Um, Katie, we're so sorry to hear about your brother. Um, But thank you for the insight because that's super helpful. Right. So that's not an excuse, Mr. Rod Farrell. That's
0: right. Roderick. Roderick. All right. Back to Bachelor's Grove. Bachelor's Grove. Um, Do we want to talk about... Our boyfriend, Zach Bagans, <laughs> and the
1: episode that he has. I always want to talk about <laughs> our boyfriend, us. Zach Bagans, Cemetery. who yes, we also um, totally fangirl about in that newspaper article. So that's embarrassing <laughs> and written in stone. Yeah. Forever and <laughs> ever. Maybe he'll read it. He's actually from
0: Glen Ellen. Yes. He's from the area. We used to play his high school. Our high school used to play his high school, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. So we're basically married. <laughs>
1: It's true. The three of us are married. Actually, it's not weird no. though. No, it's it's actually very cool. Um, actually, Aaron, Zach, Nicole,
0: mm-hmm. uh, myself,
1: and both of our partners, Austin <laughs> and John, we're all moving in together at the end of the month. So surprise. Um, Game Night's gonna be super cool. Yeah, and Taco tuesday's gonna be off of the fucking chain. I wonder if he'll allow us to just like walk around his haunted museum all the time. I think um, the one house rule though is that we always have to wear black. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can do that. I can definitely make that happen. You're wearing
0: all black right now. I know. So. <laughs> I'm already bag- zing it. She's baggins out, you guys. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I guess if you guys want to check it out, it's like old school Ghost Adventures, though. Oh, with Nick. Nick. Who's mm-hmm. no longer on the
1: show. No. No one knows what happened to him. We all know what happened to him. Remember- <laughs> Yeah, and where he like flipped out and he's like, this is all fucking fake. My name is Nick from Ghost oh, Adventures. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, I'm sorry, who are you? We only know Aaron and Zach. <laughs> Ooh, sorry. Too soon? Uh,
0: not too soon. Not no. too soon.
1: Get out of here, Nick. We just want Aaron and Zach. Right. I mean, they're the
0: true stars of the show anyways. So anywho, he goes to the cemetery and he investigates. So if you guys want to check that out, go for it.
1: It's very good. <laughs> It's like classic ghost adventures. Yeah. It's super, super, cl- like vintage. Oh, yeah.
0: So anyways, <laughs> this, right back to the show. <laughs> right back to the show. This little cemetery has more than 100 documented reports of paranormal activity, ranging from apparitions to little balls of light to phantom houses, which we'll get into more later. So let's get into the spooks and scares of this famously haunted cemetery. Let's get spooky and scary. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go over a little background about the location and some history about the area. Perfect. Bachelors Grove Cemetery is located in Midlothian, Illinois, in Bremen Township, also in Cook County, Illinois. For those of you not familiar with Northern Illinois, it's located just south of Chicago. I know we've stated before that Southern Illinois and Northern Illinois are like two separate states. Mm -hmm. This is in Northern Illinois, and it's just a tad south of Chicago, so southwest suburbs.
1: Yeah, but don't think like south side of Chicago. It's like in the suburbs. Yeah, it's definitely suburban area. Yes.
0: We've mentioned it before, but the reason why we point out that it's in Cook County is because Cook County is gigantic we live in cook county chicago is a part of cook county and it could honestly be its own
1: state it's that big i actually just looked up the population of cook county really yes um and it is fucking massive it's over five million people in this Holy one shit. county so then obviously i went off on like a math tangent <laughs> so to put it another way cook county which is one county in illinois that we live in that chicago is also located in Has the population roughly the same size as Wyoming, Vermont, Alaska, North Dakota, South Dakota, Delaware, and Rhode Island combined. Combined? Combined. I thought you were going to say like each of those states. No, combined. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. So that's all the people that live in all of those states live in... One county in Illinois. Yeah, I wonder why COVID's so high here. I know, right? <laughs> it's weird. So, Bachelor's
0: Grove is one of the oldest cemeteries in Cook County, sprawling across one acre of land. And it originally started with 82 plots, but it's said that there were between 135 to 200 burials in the cemetery between 1838 and 1989. The cemetery is nestled near the edge of Rubio Forest Preserve and is very isolated and cut off from the nearby Midlothian Turnpike. Some people claim it is the most haunted spot in Chicago, so not only the most haunted cemetery, but... The most
1: haunted spot. That is honestly quite the bragging rights. (laughs) Chicago is super fucking haunted. Yeah. And apparently, this is one of the top
0: spots. Before there was a cemetery, though, a settlement was constructed as early as the 1820s by immigrants who were mostly of English, Irish, and Scottish descent coming from New York, Vermont, and Connecticut. Then, in the 1840s, immigrants of German descent started to pour into the area. And the Germans sort of took over the area for the next 50 years or so. A lot of people settled in the area near Timberlands and supplied material for the Illinois Canal. Some people say the area got its name from the Bachelor family. It's like Bachelor but spelled with a T. Who settled on the land? But a man named Stephen H. Rexford says that the area was actually named Bachelor's Grove because it was settled by four men who were all single and ready to mingle. Hey. Stephen and the three other bachelors settled in the area around the 1830s, where they decided to grow a rose bush and would eventually give their roses to women they wanted to court. They were the very first bachelors, which later turned into the popular TV show. And thus, the bachelor was born. That is absolutely not true, and I am, in fact, just fucking with you. They were bachelors, though.
1: Well, I did see a couple places, funny you bring up the bachelor, um, <laughs> that... People think, historians think that these men that settled in this area Uh were actually gay. Oh. And, yeah, so they kind of, like, moved off to, like, start their own, like, little Boys Town situation where they're like, no, 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 we're just, like, four dudes that, like, want to hang out and, like, farm, and we're totally looking for women. We just prefer to live not near any women.
0: Whoa. So they created the first
1: Boys Town. Yeah, but it's, like, in 1830, you couldn't – say you were gay oh
0: shit wow
1: yeah so i saw that a lot of places i cannot verify that that was true right because it's not like any of them actually came out and said that right but i did see that so maybe it was like the bachelor but you know with guys guys? and it was yeah a little bit more fun they should do that it should do a Bachelor like that. Why isn't
0: there one? I don't know.
1: There should be, though. I did see there was that one Bachelor, not to get into a Bachelor tangent. This is the <laughs> last thing I'll say about it ever <laughs> in my whole life. Um, there was that one season where two girls were like, yeah, we don't want him. We want each other. And then they like left because they were in a relationship with each other. That's hilarious. So I'm here for it. <laughs> Definitely here for it, too. Also, fun
0: fact about Steven, one of our eligible bachelors. He established the first post office in the area in 1843, and he was involved in the organizing and naming of the townships and governments of Cook County in 1850.
1: That's very cool. Yeah, I, I also saw that he did the first um like sexy mailman's calendar to <laughs> like raise money for the post office. He totally did. Yeah. yeah, it was very cool. So I
0: mean, shout out to him and Cook County because that's where we live, and he named it. So, yay, pretty cool. The cemetery is now abandoned and inactive, although I'm not sure how a cemetery can be inactive. I mean, there are still bodies there, but whatever.
1: But no one is being buried No one is being buried,
0: but it's still a cemetery. People are still there. Yeah. So, whatever. The cemetery has been called many different names throughout the years. It was called Everden Cemetery, Everdeen Cemetery... Smith Cemetery, Schmidt's Cemetery, <laughs> and also Bachelor's Grove after the Bachelor family or
1: Batchilder, however you want to pronounce it. It's spelled so many ways. It just seems like people misheard what people were saying. Well, there's a reason
0: for that because from what I found, the reason why it was named a bunch of different names is that basically whatever family owned the property from that time, yeah. that was what it was called. But I also read that nobody really knew how to read or write, so... They basically just spelled it how it sounded, and people weren't very well educated back in the day, so it mm-hmm. just came out in, like, all different types of ways.
1: Yeah, it was, like, 200 years ago. Right. So that checks out, actually. <laughs> so they just,
0: like, completely butchered <laughs> how anything
1: was spelled. Oh, uh, that needs more letters. Why don't you just throw one of those things that kind of look like the Jesus symbol in there? I, I think that's called a T, Tom. You should know that.
0: <laughs> that's exactly how it went. Probably. Probably. The first burial was that of Eliza Scott in November of 1844, although some accounts say that the earliest death date was noted for a man named William B. Nobles in 1838 from a local newspaper. Just to give you a little perspective here, the city of Chicago was established in 1833. So this is like as old school as you can get when it comes to a cemetery in the area like at all.
1: Yeah, like the oldest. The oldest. Yes.
0: The last burial in the cemetery was thought to be that of Laura M. McGee in 1965, but there was also a burial of ashes in 1989 of a man named Robert E. Shields, who was just kind of like added to his family plot there.
1: Oh, okay. So no no bodies are being buried
0: there, and no, no. bodies have been buried there. Right. It's just some ashes. Yeah, it's been abandoned in inactive for a while mm-hmm. many of the german immigrants and their families from the early settlements are buried in the cemetery as well as even some civil war veterans it's
1: true
0: the first legal record of the cemetery was when edward m Everden sold the area to frederick schmidt in 1864 he sold him one acre to be set aside for the dead oh that gives
1: me goosebumps <laughs> set it aside for the dead <laughs>
0: The Schmidt house actually once stood on the land. While I believe it's gone now, apparently you can still find pieces of pottery and bricks. And I guess the old foundation is still there. And you can find some broken glass in the area from where it once stood. So that's kind of creepy. We
1: will talk about this house a little bit later. Ooh. Also, I just love the aesthetic of broken glass. Right. I mean, if Rod Farrell has taught us anything... It's that broken glass is fucking chic.
0: It's a fundamental decor item. <laughs>
1: fundamental. Thinking about putting in like a glass corner, like in my house. <laughs> broken glass corner. Yeah. I don't know though. Do
0: it. I also read that if you look hard enough in the surrounding woods in the forest preserve, you can find all kind of artifacts left behind from settlements from back in the day. I guess there's just pottery, silverware, bricks from the houses just like laying all around. Okay. But I'm not sure how true that still is since neither of us have been there have gone looking in the forest I don't know if everything's taken or if it's like you could find one thing you know randomly yeah so I'm not really sure how true that is but apparently things were left and you can find them in the forest
1: if you found something in a cemetery like that would you take it home
0: well it's not in the cemetery it's like surrounding forests oh yeah would you
1: yeah I guess it definitely. It's super cool. I mean, if it was like like I don't want a fucking brick,
0: but right, if it was like a broken piece of like a really pretty plate, I would totally take it. Oh yeah, true. Or like silverware. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, that's true.
0: A plat map from the 1870s was donated to the Tinley Park Historical Society by a man named Clarence Fulton, who was a former cemetery trustee, and whose family were actually earlier early settlers and were buried in the cemetery. Side note: I don't know what a cemetery trustee is, but I kind of want to be one.
1: How do I be one? I don't know, but it I sounds, also want to be one. It sounds super metal. So just going to throw that out there. Let's just like start buying up old cemeteries. Okay.
0: <laughs> you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, this map drew out the actual boundaries of the cemetery, but it didn't actually say where the physical location was. So I guess... I it just kind of traced it out, but it didn't really show where on the map the cemetery officially lied. Sounds like a very useful map, right? I mean, I, obviously you could see where the graves were, but if yeah. for one, some reason, one grave wasn't didn't have a
1: gravestone. It could potentially be in the forest, you know. I heard, which I do not know if this is true. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that you only own like a burial plot for one hundred years. And then after that, like, people can just dig up your body because you no longer own it. Unless it's, like, a private cemetery. But, like, when you buy a plot in, like, a cemetery, you buy it for 100 years. What? So you can just, like, dig up bodies if you want. Well, that doesn't seem right. I mean, don't, but you can. (laughs) That's, yeah, that's not okay. Um, Okay. Maybe those are those things people are finding. Just, like, look at this skull I found (laughs) six feet under the ground.
0: No. In the 60s, the Midlothian Turnpike was closed for vehicle traffic in front of the cemetery. So this made access to the cemetery very difficult. There was a plan to create a new cemetery entrance, but it was never executed because there was just forest preserve surrounding the entire cemetery and they couldn't just build a road through it. I mean, That sort of defeats the purpose of a forest preserve.
1: Right. So the only way to access this is you have to go through the woods and then it's on like a little footpath. Yeah. It's on the old road. Yeah. Which very much to me adds to like the creepy factor. I've heard
0: it's like a tiny, tiny path too. So just even more creepiness added. I want to go to there. I know. Around this time in the 60s, the cemetery started to become like a hip and cool hangout for local teens. Duh. They would throw parties in the cemetery. It was also known as a spot for couples to come and, quote, park. Mm -hmm. A local lover's lane, if you will. They were doing the monster mash. (laughs) They were doing the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. Oh my gosh, that fits so well. What? So this type of activity grew more and more active when the turnpike closed because it basically just kind of like cut off all traffic from the cemetery. And now the cemetery is just in the middle of a forest. So perfect partying spot. Oh, for sure. Which, can you imagine having a dope-ass spot like that to hang out with with your friends? I mean, back in the day, I think the people that I hung out with in high school like probably never would have been down to
1: chill in a cemetery. Right.
0: But I bet you they threw some
1: sick-ass parties. Okay, well, you and I were friends in high school. Yeah. So if you had been like...
0: You would have hung out with me in a cemetery.
1: I will talk about how much I love cemeteries later. (laughs) Um, But yes, I absolutely would because there is a cemetery in Chicago called Graceland, which we will talk all about. Mm -hmm. And it is my absolute favorite place in like the Midwest. Well. So yeah, I would have. Okay. Well, then I guess I asked the wrong person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So with drunk and horny teenagers comes a lot of things. Teen pregnancy. That... And also vandalism, of course. That that was my second guess. Because there's always that dick in the friend group in a movie that thinks it's cool to desecrate a grave, right?
1: I can literally think of who would have done that. Right. Of our friend
0: group. (laughs) 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 people would come they would knock over gravestones break them spray paint graffiti on the gravestones and sometimes even steal the gravestones what i'm not sure who out there needs to hear this but don't fucking fuck with someone's grave (laughs) that's like seriously and also what are you gonna fucking do with a gravestone it's the number one rule i don't care how big of an asshole you are don't Mess with someone's grave. Just don't do it. That is how 9 out of 10 horror movies start. Yeah. Yup. How dumb. Right. Fewer than 20 headstones actually remain in the actual cemetery today because of that, which to me is just really sad. Some have been stolen but I also read that some have actually been reclaimed by family members of those who have
1: passed interesting so I guess not all bad so it's just like someone's coffee table or something <laughs> right it's normal
0: I picture it as like maybe like a decorative stone in their garden or something
1: yeah you know it should I don't be know. a decorative stone in the graveyard it should just I'm not here to judge you <laughs> if you have a house full of gravestones but one that's heavy and hard to dust around Very and true. two. Maybe you're not dusting enough if your house is full of gravestones. I guess that's my main concern here. (laughs) Some gravestones have actually even turned
0: up in other cemeteries, they found some in Maywood and some were actually found in the nearby swamp or the pond. So people were throwing gravestones in this pond.
1: That seems like a natural choice, though. I'm just going to say, I do not condone in any sort of way ripping out <laughs> or even touching someone's gravestone. But I feel like if you're going to rip it out, the first thing like an idiot teen's going to do is throw Turn it in the pond. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, this actually sprouted the rumor that these gravestones could actually move on their own.
1: With the help of drunk teens, yes. Right. right.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure how much truth there is to that, though, but I just thought it was kind of fun how people were saying that it was so haunted that the gravestones were moving on yeah, their own. Yeah, this is very cute. People were also grave robbing. Oh, shit. Which is like the lowest of all lows when it comes to
1: stealing. And this was in the 60s and 70s? 60s, 70s, yeah. Are you fucking kidding me?
0: Yeah. They would dig holes next to the graves and then remove whatever they could of value from the body. And in the 60s and 70s, these vandals were even known to just open graves and remove entire caskets. Jesus Christ. Yeah, caretakers would come in the morning to find (gasps) bones just strewn across the ground. My
1: bones!
0: Like someone's skull, like you said, just laying...
1: Oh my god. Laying out in the open. I was making a very like distasteful joke earlier. Yeah, but it actually happened. Wow, public service announcement do not touch bones that don't belong to you. (laughs) Seriously, guys. You you can touch your own bones, no one else's. It's just it's so disrespectful.
0: And actually, even today, people still come and vandalize the (laughs) cemetery. Its location makes it an easy target. That's very in the middle of nowhere.
1: Who the fuck is doing that? That's ridiculous. I know.
0: There's also been evidence of satanic rituals taking place in the cemetery. Police officers who often patrol the area at night have found things that they claim are evidence of black magic. Oh, yeah.
1: This was during the 60s and 70s?
0: Or now, too? I think it's now, too. I think it's been happening since the 60s and 70s. Okay, so since the satanic panic. Mm Right. Right. Police have found remains of chickens, chicken heads, and other small animals that have been cut up and mutilated in a ritualistic-like fashion. they found symbols and inscriptions carved and even painted on trees. But like you said, remember, that was during satanic panic. So basically anyone wearing a Metallica shirt during that time was also considered a Satanist. So Mm.
1: who really knows
0: if that part is true, but the chicken heads and all that kind of adds to the creepiness of the whole story
1: yeah that's like some santeria shit
0: yeah brujaria <laughs> in the ghost adventures episode though zach talks to a man who says he saw something when he was a kid <gasps> he said that him and his friends so he still lives in the area and he grew up in the area
1: that's how it works here yeah, yeah pretty much
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't leave no one ever gets no out one gets out <laughs> So him and his friends were just going through the woods at night, and he says that he saw a bunch of people in a circle wearing robes around a fire and that they were chanting something. And he says that it scared him and his friends
1: so bad that they just ran away. Um, yeah, I actually found what they were chanting. <laughs> what was that? We feel like chicken tonight, chicken tonight, <laughs> chicken tonight, we feel like chicken tonight. It's really crazy. And then it was like a, a bucket of KFC was levitating in the middle. Whoa. That's what Whoa. It. You didn't see that part? No, of I, I, the must, ghost I must have missed that part.
0: Oh, crazy. The cemetery was not only used by black magic practitioners, <laughs> but also by gangsters as well. During the prohibition and uh, good old Al Capone's time, gangsters would dump their murder victims in the nearby pond, and it's said that the spirits of those victims... Still haunt the area as well. Which we will talk about later. Later. According to Clarence Fulton, who, he was the man, the last trustee of the cemetery. That's the... Cemetery trustee.
1: the last trustee of the cemetery. I want that on my (laughs) gravestone, even if it's true or not. Well, so his family donated the plat map as well. He Mm -hmm. says... That actually
0: back in the day, Bachelors Grove used to be like a little cool park where you could go, you could fish, you could swim. I guess families would often come to the cemetery on the weekends and have a picnic with their dead relatives, which to some might sound creepy, but to me sounds pretty cool. And actually, sidebar, you were talking about... Graceland Cemetery. Yeah. My friends who were the ones that visited Bachelors Grove, Mm
1: -hmm. they
0: live right by Graceland Cemetery. And for those that don't know, it's this huge cemetery in the middle of like
1: downtown Chicago. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. It's huge. My one friend actually goes for like walks and runs. And I guess a lot of people do that. And I'm just... I'm just so jealous of the fact that people get to do that because I think it's just the coolest thing. And I just want to, like, hang out in a cemetery and read a book. I just think it would be so peaceful.
1: So cemeteries actually, that was part of their original purpose. Like, there was this huge shift Uh in culture. It started over in, like, England with, like, the whole Victorian situation. Remember, they were obviously obsessed with death. (laughs) Um, So, and then it kind of came to America Mm -hmm. where – cemeteries turned less into just like grave sites and more into parks so graceland is the most beautiful place i have ever been um there's tons of trees like beautiful like there's like a little pond there's a little island where like there's three gravestones on it and they're so beautiful it's seriously incredible so that's part of what I guess like cemeteries of this type and of this era mm-hmm. were meant to be like people would go and sort of spend the day there and treat it like a park and hang out with their uncle Ed who died 20 years ago. Oh, I wish it was I wish it
0: were still like that. I actually wish there was a cemetery close to where I live cuz I would
1: totally just hang out in it all the time. That seems like a very respectful thing to do. Like yeah. if you go and like enjoy the cemetery, it's sort of like the people buried right. there live on. If you will. Oh, that's nice. Maybe I'm getting too sentimental. No, that's nice to think about. I like that. I like
0: it. As the years went by and the cemetery just became more and more dilapidated, some families actually had their ancestors' bodies removed and placed in cemeteries that weren't getting vandalized every night. Smart. But there are some graves that still remain. One of the most famous gravestones is one that just reads infant daughter, which... I actually have a picture of it from for my friend and we can post, but people lay flowers, they lay toys, crosses, and just other offerings at this gravestone. Along with all of the grave desecrations, the satanic rituals, and the body dumping by gangsters, came a little murder as well in the area. Oh, good, because... Just add to this trifecta, right? According to the Chicago Tribune, the body of a teenage girl from Indiana was found in the woods by a mushroom hunter in 1966. Which is strange because my husband, and I want to say maybe like three days ago, told me, did you know that mushroom hunters find the most dead bodies? Synchronicities. Yeah. And I remember being just like thinking to myself, like, that makes so much sense. Yeah. And then I read it here, and I was just like, whoa. Whoa. Also, in 1988, the body of a man was found in the cemetery. His girlfriend, who was 20 years old, confessed to murdering him and leaving his body there. She was later released for this crime because it was found that she had actually just acted in Mm self-defense. Her boyfriend had beaten her and put a gun to her head, so she shot him. Um, good
1: for her. I'm
0: gonna Lucille Bluth this one and say, good for her. Good for fucking her. Yeah. Four years after that, two men were actually found guilty of severely beating another man in the cemetery. I guess they shoved a pointed stick in his ear and punctured his eardrum. Oh my god! And they said that the reason why they attacked and robbed this man was because he was gay.
1: Oh, so there's that. Just a little light hate crime, right? Oh, oh! Imagine what it feels like to have your fucking I know. eardrum I,
0: punctured. I was cringing when I read that. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> I'm cringing now, <laughs> and you probably are too, listening. <laughs> There have also been rumors that the area was once a Native American burial ground. However, early maps don't really show a burial ground or mound there to prove that rumor. But we don't know where every burial mound was ever. So I guess we can't really say either way.
1: Yeah, that's true. Plus, if this cemetery was founded, like, right when Chicago was founded, uh-huh. this was, like, a hotbed of, like, Native American tribes. Like, Right. This was, like, their city first. And exactly. then the white guys were like, this seems like a great place to be. Get out of here, everyone else. So, yeah. And also, fun fact that I just mm. want to throw out there because I just thought of it. The mm. word Chicago is some sort of Native American language. I don't know which one. And this is really, I sound ignorant right now. For smelly onion.
0: Wow. So Well, I mean, Chicago is very smelly. I actually wish it smelled like an onion. It really just smells like sewage. Onions are delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Bachelor's Grove is now under the supervision and protection of the cemetery trustees of the Cook County Board. I'm running for that next year. <laughs> <laughs> Clarence Fulton in 1975 actually came to them and asked them to take charge of the cemetery. Today, they share maintenance and responsibility with the Cook County Forest Preserve District and the Chicago Archdiocese of the Catholic Church has also provided some maintenance for the cemetery from time to
1: time. So now that Nicole did my favorite part, which is the history situation. Switching it up. Let's get into some of the most common manifestations and hauntings. Mm, Let's petition to start calling it hauntings instead of hauntings petition granted. Fuck yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. So, the hauntenings can be split. <laughs> so, the hauntenings can be split into two different phenomena type. Oh. Um, I'm going to categorize them by like living and non-living.
0: Okay. Okay, what is how do you categorize what's <laughs> living versus non-living of a haunting?
1: Um, so, I'm going to say like a living haunting is like a like a spirit or phenomena that is tied to something that used to be living. So like a person or like an animal. Okay. Like a creature. And then like a non-living is like, well, let me just explain it. Okay. Go for it. Okay. So, so we'll do non-living, we'll do non-living first. Okay. So, um, it sounds super weird, non-living haunting phenomena, (laughs) um, but it's actually very, very common. Uh So think like ghost cars. Oh, okay. So that's what I mean by non-living. So like
0: inanimate objects. Yes. Okay.
1: So this specifically, um, you talked about foundations of a home Mm -hmm. earlier. The Schmitz home? Yes. So the foundation is still there. And there's actually a couple foundations that historians have found in the area Oh. Or like what they believe to be foundations, like, like from the old settlement. Obviously. Yeah, from like 200 years ago. Wow. Okay. So, along with this foundation, specifically the Schmitz, um, comes a phantom house. Ooh. So there is a house that shows up, and it looks quite solid. It looks like a real house. Some people claim to have actually gone inside of this house, Creepy. and then when they return at another date, the house isn't there. <sighs> Specifically, there is this ghostly farmhouse, which has been described identically by numerous people. On separate occasions? Yes. People that have no relation to each other, don't know each other or anything, have described virtually the same house. Mm -hmm. The house is said to shimmer. Sometimes it floats. Sometimes it vanishes. Hmm. The house is described as a two-story farmhouse, which is white in color, with a porch swing, And a porch light on at all times. The light on the porch is said to draw onlookers in and towards the house. Hmm. So you're kind of walking in like the woods and you see this house and there's a light and like a moth to a flame. You have this draw to go to it. Interesting. And historians do believe that this is the Schmidt house, the residence that we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, I will post a picture on our social media of this house. And it fits the description, which is very fun. Oh, so you have a picture of the original house. I do. Oh, yes. Oh. So, this residence was originally built in the 1820s, but the exact date can't be confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, they went through historical records and they found pictures, like very old photos, that say Schmidt on the back. And the house really fits this description. It was most often reported during the 1950s and 60s, and it's less known to occur as of late. So the appearance of the house. Yes. Oh, okay. But there are reports of witnesses seeing a house in the woods, and then as they go to approach it, as they're drawn in by this light, the house disappears altogether. Or sometimes the house shrinks as you approach it, and it gets super teeny tiny, and then kind of like, poof, and it's gone which is very adorable. Yeah. And it's kind of giving me like Alice in Wonderland vibes. Oh, totally.
0: It reminds me of like, have you ever had that dream where you're trying to run towards something and uh-huh. it just keeps on getting like further and further away from you? And no matter how fast you run, you can never catch it. Yes. It's giving me those vibes too.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so that's the little Schmidt house that will never be caught. <laughs> also, there are tons of phantom car sightings. Old timey cars like from the nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties, are seen driving through the cemetery, which we know there's no road there. Yeah. Sometimes they're seen driving on that turnpike, which is closed. Mm-hmm. And you'll see headlights is the most like purported thing. And once you pass this ghost car, the headlights fade. So you'll see it and then you kinda like walk past it and then it's gone.
0: Oh, so like if you were in a car driving, you would pass it and the lights would disappear in your rear view mirror.
1: Yes. Okay. And then also there's a lot of reports of a ghost car driving up behind another vehicle. This Mm -hmm. is back when the turnpike was open. Yeah. Um, And it would kind of like rush up to them and like tailgate a little bit and then swerve to drive around your vehicle Mm -hmm. and then it would disappear as it goes past, which would terrify me. Yeah. One story I saw said that a ghost car drove straight out of the cemetery at another, like a a real vehicle. Yeah. On the Midlothian Turnpike. The driver of the real car swerved just as they were, I guess, T-boned for lack of a better word, <gasps> by this ghost car, which dissipated into smoke upon impact. What? The driver of the car, the real car, um, said that the vehicle shook violently the one that they were driving, Mm -hmm. and they heard the sound of a car crash, but there was no damage and there was no other vehicle. People link these vehicle events to Al Capone and the bodies dumped out of a gangster's vehicle for like sort of their last ride, if you know what I mean. That's
0: wild. Can you even imagine going through that? It's like what I would assume a video game simulation of a car crash. Yeah. That's insane. Just,
1: I mean, you can hear the sound of a car crash just yeah. like by saying those words, right? And you said he felt it too, right? Yeah, he said the whole car shook. Whoa. So that's pretty crazy and that would scare the fucking shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's what we have for, like, the non-living phenomenon. Mm. So let's get into this living phenomenon. The ghosties. The ghosties. The first I want to talk about is called the murdering caretaker, which is the legend of a man that once tended the graveyard for years and years until he went insane for some very unspecified reason. Well, maybe he was just tending the graveyard too much. (laughs) He was just sick of it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He burned down the house that he was living in. Okay. Killed a couple people nearby and also killed himself. Oh, fun. Yeah. There's no name attached to this. So I'm going to put my little skeptic hat on like there it is. It's on um, and say this might. I don't know about this one. Yeah, this one might be fake. (laughs) But I did find a story from two college students that were taking an evening walk through the cemetery, uh, maybe ghost hunting or maybe, like, going to Graveyard mm. Smash. Um, <laughs> they're going to Graveyard Smash. I'm going to call it that from now on. From now on, Sexy Time it. is Graveyard, graveyard Smash. Graveyard mm-hmm. Smash. When they saw an old man with a lantern, they called to the man for guidance out of the cemetery because they kind of got turned around and, like, a little bit lost in there. hmm And the man with the lantern took them to the edge of the cemetery. He chatted with them the whole time that they were walking out. And when they turned to thank the man, he was gone. Completely disappeared. So do we think it was the crazy caretaker? That's what we're thinking. Oh, but he's not so crazy anymore, it sounds. Seems like a nice guy now. Yeah. Maybe he got all his murdering out of the way. You know? (laughs) He's like a one and done kind of guy. Right. Yeah, for sure. My all-time favorite story from this Mm -hmm. is called The Seated Lady. Yes. This is by far the most and best photograph specter in this cemetery. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to, maybe this is a hot take, ever. Yeah. Yeah, I would say ever. I would go as far as to say ever. We're going to post this photo. It is unreal how clear this is. In 1991, a photographer who was part of a paranormal research team took a photo of what appeared to be a semi-transparent form of a woman in an old-fashioned dress sitting on a gravestone about the height of a bench. The photographer claimed that the woman was not visible when the photograph was taken. Yeah,
0: this photo is super famous and... There's really nothing creepy about it. It just looks like a woman sitting down. But the fact that there was nobody there Mm -hmm. when it was taken is super
1: spooky. It's so spooky. And to sort of describe it, she looks a little bit 1920s-ish, don't you think? Yeah, her hair definitely looks 1920s. Yeah. It's it's, definitely old school. It's very, very cool. And this photo was printed in the Chicago Sun-Times only after it was authenticated by several experts. They proved that it wasn't, like, a double exposure, which I don't know if you know much about photography, but you can take, like, a picture and then rewind the film and take another photo on top of it. Oh. And it's very, very cool. And so it looks like there's a ghost behind you oh. or, like, See, you know, whatever. Well, the book and the, the Weird Illinois book that I have,
0: it said that they even tested it for that, too, and everyone was like, no, it's not.
1: Yeah, the photographer said that she had an automatic camera, so it just jumped to like the next uh-huh. like film slide. Mm, I don't know anything about photog- photography, so it's all you. <laughs> well, I'm going to say that this is a bona fide ghost photo. Yeah. I, I truly think that. And also just sort of looking at this picture, um, which again, I'll post on the social medias, and I want everyone's opinion on this because I think it's just very, very cool. This to me looks like infrared photography which are you no idea what that is (laughs) when we're done recording i'll show you some pictures i took of infrared with infrared film at graceland oh cool it's very very cool so regular film photography picks up light right so the lighter something is the whiter it is the darker it is the the darker contrast right Mm -hmm. so with infrared photography the film picks up heat Oh. So heat will show as like white and then something that's cooler will show darker. Oh. So that's sort of why it looks like fuzzy-ish. Yeah. And this is a very, very common technique for taking photos of ghosts. Because
0: you can only catch
1: their heat. Yeah. So it's sort of oh. like when they use like the infrared cameras yeah. on. Yeah, ghost but, Avengers. <laughs> yes. But this is like real film and it's very cool. It's very like ghosty looking. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll show you some stuff. It's very, yeah. very neat. Um, So that's what this looks like to me. And I took tons of photos at Graceland Cemetery once, but I didn't get any cool ghost pictures. Mm. No. Another spirit is called the Lady in White, which some people attribute this sitting woman to also. Mm-hmm. So it just, I guess, depends on who you ask. She's also called the Madonna in white or the Madonna of Bachelor's Grove. (laughs) She's got like a lot of names. (laughs) Just like Bachelor's Grove. Basically. So she is the ghost of a woman who was supposedly buried next to her young child. The two are reported to have died while the woman was giving birth. She is said to walk through the cemetery on nights of a full moon with a teeny tiny baby in her arms she also can be heard singing soft lullabies to her tiny baby. Mm-hmm. That's kind of sweet. Totally sweet. And some people believe that the lady in white could be a real woman whose name is Luella Fulton Rogers. Hmm. So I'm wondering if that's related to this Fulton Clarence. guy, actually. Yeah, probably. All of his relatives are buried in there, so would make sense. Well, Luella was killed in a hit-and-run near Bachelors Grove in 1937. Mm-hmm. Her life, taken early... Um, leaves her to yearn for a baby which she would never be able to have so she cares for the lost souls of the young buried at bachelor's grove Ooh, which totally just gave me goosebumps reading and i'm not joking <laughs> i feel like i get goosebumps too much maybe it's just cold in here which then brings us to the grave inscribed with only infant daughter uh, yeah. which you talked about earlier And this is by far, like you said, the most loved grave in the cemetery. It's because it's so sad. It's just, there's no name. Yeah. Visitors leave um, yellow flowers specifically. Mm -hmm. Small gifts, like you said, um, and little offerings for this little spirit of a baby girl. The small cry of a baby can be heard just before sunrise coming from the grave. And it seems very, very sad to just have a grave site that says infant and baby. Yeah. But at the daughter. time, this was extremely common. Like, if you go to any old cemetery, it's full of, like, infant – sometimes it's just infant, sometimes infant boy, infant mm-hmm. girl, infant daughter, whatever. Yeah. And this is because there was a common practice of not naming a baby until they reach like, I guess you could call it surviving age. Because back in the day, they just – So many babies died. Yeah. Like, infant mortality was – through the roof so a grave that says infant baby is very very sad but likely the baby just died within the first couple weeks i mean it is sad yeah but they didn't name it childbirth i mean it's sad but it's
0: probably easier on the family that they didn't give it a name because it makes it less personal you know
1: right exactly and i mean at that time what do you do with a baby right so you bury it and yeah you're not going to name it i guess right One theory, although I'm not sure I subscribe to that, I just want to put that out there. (laughs) Okay. Is that this baby is, in fact, named Marcy May Fulton, who died in 1914 as an infant and is buried under that tombstone. But if she had a name, why would they just put infant daughter? So I, I also
0: don't subscribe to
1: this. Yeah, me either. But the theory exists because some people believe that the woman in white or this Madonna... Yeah. Um, is the ghost of Catherine Vogt Fulton, who lost a baby and now wanders in search of her little loved one? I think that that's sort of like grasping at straws and like trying to connect too many dots. Yeah. So I don't agree with that. And like you said, why would why wouldn't the grave say Marcy on it then? Right. If she had a name, doesn't make sense. Right. So now I want to talk about little ghost doggies. Aww. They have been seen in this area since around the 80s, and they're usually reported as black Dobermans or just large black dogs of some kind. Which, Dobermans come up a lot as like a ghost dog, don't you
0: think? Yeah, they're always they're always seen as hellhounds. It's either like Dobermans, Rottweilers, and Shepherds. I mean, it's always those three breeds. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows that when it comes down to it, A chihuahua is the closest thing to a hellhound.
1: Without a doubt. I mean, I would
0: know I own two, and they are the most vicious
1: dogs I have ever owned. (laughs) Honestly, they're very, very scary. Mm -hmm. And I have a shepherd, and I'm pretty sure she would just give you kisses no matter what. She has, yeah. Yeah. She definitely has. My dog will try to rip your face off. Your dog scares the shit out of me. (laughs) Bottom's the scariest animal I've ever met in my life. Yes, He's very scary. Dobermans also came up when we were talking about St. Anne's Retreat, a um, little throwback. Oh, yeah. If you guys haven't listened to that episode. The nuns' dogs, right? Yeah, there's some hellhound action Hellhounds, in there, too. yes. The best story I found about these little hellhound ghost puppies is from 2002, so pretty recent, mm-hmm. when three young women were walking through the cemetery just south on the path when they came across a spectral little baby pupper standing near the gate facing them. All three women swear that they saw this dog on the path. So that's three witnesses. Uh As they approached, the dog did not move. They did what we would all do and they were like, come here, I love you. (laughs) Like, who's the dog? You're a dog. Get over here. Um, But the dog didn't move or even acknowledge them at all. And as they got closer, the dog's figure began to blur and become sort of translucent. Ooh. Still, the dog didn't move, but instead it faded away as they got closer to it.
0: Oh, it was a dooger ghost. Oh! That's what I call dogs, by the way.
1: Call them doogers. That's very cute. I want to be haunted by a dog ghost. That would be the cutest thing ever. would be the best. The dogs are usually seen near the entrance to the cemetery or near the roped-off entrance to the turnpike that's now closed. So one theory is that the dogs are guarding the spirits or sort of guarding the area, which makes them very good dogs. Very good hellhounds. Very good. There is also a story of a farmer and his plow horse who, while plowing a field, got a bit too close to the limestone quarry pond adjacent to the cemetery, and they fell in. Mm. The horse, with its heavy tack and plow, dragged the farmer underwater, and they both drowned. This story is super tragic, and it made me cry on the inside a little bit as a horse girl.
0: Yeah, Noelle has a horse, in case anyone didn't know that.
1: Yes, I am a horse girl. She owns one. But this story has one massive plot hole in it. Mm -hmm. The limestone quarry wasn't dug until 1909, and it wasn't filled with water until the 1920s. And this man is supposedly to have passed away in the late 1800s. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Try again. this haunting sounds a little bit made up to me. (laughs) There's also the story of a fierce two-headed beast that emerges from the limestone quarry, which, like we said, is now full of water. Yeah. This beast has two heads and can be seen crawling out of the water and dragging its body across the turnpike into the woods on the other side. I also heard that this beast is a gangster with two heads. I also read that, so I'm not sure. (laughs) That sounds very stupid. (laughs) Right. I... I was imagining it sort of like, like a black like like swamp creature. Yeah, like yeah. made of like muck or something, yeah. and like dragging its body. Right. But to be like a gangster like with in two a suit. heads. That's like ridiculous. Out of the water. Like pinstripes. <laughs> yeah. They're like arguing over who gets to hold the Tommy gun. Yeah. Cigar in one of the mouths. Yeah. One's being like, "You see," and the one's like, "No, you see." <laughs> that would just be annoying, to be completely honest. <laughs> As late as 1984, witnesses reported seeing numerous figures dressed in monks robes throughout the cemetery. Although in my opinion this can be explained away by the reports of satanic activity in the area.
0: Mm, yeah, like, I heard there,
1: I heard there was no record of any monastery
0: being anywhere near the area no and so. i
1: i absolutely tried to look it up because i saw it in a couple places that people saw dark figures and robes right but remember supposedly there are tons and tons of satanists and witches that meet at bachelor's grove to harness the spiritual energy and perform rituals so i'm just gonna say it these people in dark robes are not monks there are just people practicing the dark arts yeah, I mean, it's just Voldemort and his Death Eaters, guys. I mean, come on. It's just all it is. Give them some privacy. Gosh. Please. One last phenomenon that rides the line between living and non-living, so I saved it to the end here, <laughs> is the ghost lights. Countless visitors and investigators have photographed or filmed these lights, which are seen in the daytime as well as the nighttime. The lights appear as blue, white, red, green, and yellow orbs ranging in size. Many of the other apparitions found at Bachelor's Grove are often accompanied by these ghost lights. The ghost lights are not considered true orbs because they often have a comet-like tail trailing behind them. The lights hover, shoot into the air, taunt visitors, and also just appear out of nowhere. I watched like an hour of ghost light footage <laughs> from Bachelor's Grove. I did, and it's incredible how many videos and photos are taken during the daytime. It's honestly the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen an orb during the day. Yeah, well, in the Ghost Adventures
0: episode, they caught the they caught one of those lights. Yeah, they said it just kind of looked like somebody walking holding a flashlight. But then when they walked closer, they couldn't hear anyone. You know, cracking sticks and leaves in the woods. So, and the cops were like patrolling the perimeter. Yeah. So nobody could have gotten in. So yeah. it just kind of looked like a bouncing flashlight, they said. Yeah. Very cool. Ghosts love pogo sticks. So I'm just going to put <laughs> that out there. All right. Do we want to talk about some uh, paranormal investigations? We already kind of started to. Well, let's continue. Do it. So apparently in 2006. Ken Melvoin Berg, who I guess is a famous psychic in Chicago. Never heard of him. Never heard of him either, either. But he went to Bachelors Grove and had an experience with the ghost of a young boy. Now, this was in the Chicago Tribune. So... You know it's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the psychic and a reporter from the Chicago Tribune, they go to investigate the cemetery and... Uh, Ken, the psychic, says that he heard this little boy's voice crying out to him. And that he just kept on saying that he lost a silver coin. This little boy was crying that he lost a silver coin.
1: No, you gotta help me, Ken. I lost my silver coin. How am I gonna play Pac-Man? You gotta help me.
0: Ken, the psychic, went into a trance and was came, like, sort of possessed, I guess. And he waded into the nearby pond And when he was about knee deep, he reached into the water and he pulls out a 1942 Walking Liberty half dollar coin. And it was exactly where the little boy's spirit had said
1: that it would be. Wow. Now that little boy can finally play Pac-Man. He can rest in peace now. That's amazing.
0: I'm not sure how true that story is. But it was in the Chicago Tribune, so. Hey. So it's true. <laughs> if there's one thing we can trust, it's the media. <laughs> Another paranormal
1: investigator named Ursula Biel- Bielski. 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 Also, I just want to go on record again as saying that I love the name Ursula. <laughs> it reminds me of little mermaid oh
0: you ruined it great (laughs) so ursula bielski is a huge chicago paranormal researcher and she actually founded the chicago hauntings which is a company that has several haunted chicago tours
1: which we are going on one of these when COVID is over okay deal and then we're starting a competing business called chicago (laughs) hauntings
0: I was actually looking at her website, and she has dining tours. She's got bus tours. She even has haunted pub crawl tours. What? Which we're doing. We're and doing I, it. I think it would be really fun just to do, like, a quite unusual haunted pub tour or pub tour crawl.
1: Oh, my God. All of our locals come. Yeah. So
0: maybe that could be a thing for the future. Oh,
1: I'm so excited.
0: But she has actually written a book called haunted bachelor's grove and has conducted many investigations in the cemetery. So she's kind of like a pro when it comes to bachelor's grove in the article I was reading. She brought up something that I think we've talked about before. And that is the fact that there is a big concentration of limestone in the area. Uh, The pond used to be a quarry of limestone. They filled it with water, obviously, but it's just all limestone underneath And as we know, some people believe that limestone can sort of aid in paranormal activity because it puts off energy. We have talked about this a lot. Yeah. Yes. And Zach Bagans talked about it a little in his episode, uh, and
1: he calls it stone tape theory. Which is the very first time I have ever heard Same. this. Same. And I'm so upset because mm-hmm. I've Googled so many times, limestone lie, lime yeah. stone ghosts. Yes. Combinations of those things, and Google can't tell me anything. Yeah. And it turns out Jeeves is dead, so I can't ask him anymore. But Zach Bagans can, Ugh, so that's all lord that matters. Our
0: lord and savior. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Stone tape theory is the theory that materials such as limestone can absorb energy and that this energy can be released almost sort of like a movie or like a projector to show you
1: the activity. Right. So like a residual haunting, which Mm -hmm. we all know what that is. It's where a ghost like repeats the same motion every day. So like if you watched Haunting of Blind Manor, when she like crawls out of the lake, spoilers, should I tell people this? I haven't finished it. So no, don't. Okay, so basically it's like a ghost that does the same thing over and over. It's like if a ghost walks out of your bathroom and goes to the kitchen and breaks a plate every single night, that's a residual haunting. So that's sort Mm -hmm. of what this is. It's like a movie being played over and over and over. In the same spot, just doing it. Usually I would
0: say like around the same time, but I don't think that that necessarily has to happen. Right. So whether it be a ghost apparition you see or – an old antique car drive by Mm -hmm. or a phantom house show up right it's it just kind of pops up and I think it's just kind of interesting because I think there's something to that like especially limestone we see it all the time quartz is another material that's said to hold energies so for all my crystal loving babies out there (laughs) that's I mean stone we know stones hold energy and stuff so why can't this be a place
1: that residual hauntings are happening because there's limestone everywhere i am extremely obsessed with this and i will keep conspiracy corner very short right now (laughs) but basically a thing that i truly truly believe which nicole i feel like you probably also believe this Mm -hmm. is that everything in its way is alive everything's made of atoms everything's made of energy molecules and nucleus
0: energy is never destroyed what's the saying Energy is never...
1: Energy is never created or destroyed. Right. So the energy that exists in the world, universe, yeah, you You're mult- an energy.
0: Your body, you have an energy within your body. You're made of stars, honey. That's why you're so special. You can never be destroyed. Your no.
1: vessel can, but your energy. Right. So everything in its own way is alive and everything has a memory. Mm-hmm. So... I truly fucking subscribe to this shit. This makes total fucking sense to me, especially limestone because it's such a soft material Mm -hmm. and it's affected so easily by water. If we know water and hauntings are like bread and butter. Yeah. So It's funny that you
0: mentioned that because when I watched the Ghost Adventures episode, it just kind of played the next episode. And the next episode, they were trying to contact... They went to a lighthouse. Oh, I love that one. Ghosts at sea. And he was talking about how water like rushing
1: water is another conductor of energy right too because think of it like electricity so like water conducts electricity Mm -hmm. so and ghosts zap electricity because that's how they work they work off of your energy right so i just feel like i'm just talking in circles right now (laughs) but i'm so into this and Mm -hmm. this is the first time i ever heard it called the stone Stone tape tape theory theory. and i feel like i'm gonna get that like tattooed on my ass so i never forget it or something
0: (laughs) i was gonna say are you gonna cross off cordon's
1: first (laughs) Wow, Nicole's putting me on blast right now. I have the word corn nuts tattooed on my ass. you can do this to me right now? I have the word corn nuts tattooed on my ass. She does. I've seen it. And I'm going to cross it off. <laughs> and I'm going to have <laughs> tattooed over it. Stone tape theory. So I think you should. I'm going to. If you're a tattoo artist, well, hit great. me up. <laughs>
0: So Ursula also says that there's a theory for why people experience activity here. And she says that some people believe that the mining operation in the area releases a gas that causes people to hallucinate, which I think is hilarious if that's what's actually happening. People are just like fucking high. They're just tripping balls at the cemetery. (laughs) Like they're
1: losing brain cells at a rate (laughs) that makes them see people.
0: Right, but then that wouldn't explain the picture evidence that we have, so I'm not subscribing to that theory. I just thought it was fun to mention. Like I said, Ursula hosts many tours, but she does do tours in the the cemetery as well. She even did one on Mother's Day. It was like a Mother's Day tour. It's
1: so nice. I saw this. Yeah,
0: it was. I just think it's fantastic, and I want to go. And I know <gasps> my mom would probably want to go too. Oh
1: my god, should we go with our mommies? Yes. Oh, mommies, ghosty Day Out once COVID ends. We should go. Whenever seriously that though, we absolutely should. It was so sweet. She like took everyone to like the graves and like mm-hmm. they, like touched infant baby grave and stuff. <laughs> it was very cute. It's infant daughter, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. Gender is a social construct. Very true. It's 2020. Overall, many paranormal investigators have entered the area, and many have come out with evidence such as pictures of apparitions, floating lights, and some have even captured some EVPs. Several paranormal investigators who enter the cemetery experience technical issues with their equipment, such as cameras tape recorders camcorders just all acting strangely and sometimes they come in with full batteries and then once they enter their batteries are just drained completely
1: right like how we were just talking about a ghost will zap energy, energy. from whatever source it can exactly that's why when you go sorry i'm totally ghost splaining right now <laughs> when you go somewhere that's super haunty You feel drained and you feel Mm -hmm. tired because the ghost is like, ooh, look at all that life force. Mind if I have a little sip? Well,
0: another thing that happens is that cars have actually been known to stall on the road and then once people have pushed them further away from the cemetery, they just magically start back
1: up. Wow. Another energy drain. So I read an article by a ghost hunter named Eddie Schwartz Mm -hmm. um, and he said that in the 70s he hung out at the cemetery a lot to do paranormal research. Uh So I was looking for like some cool ghost stories from him. And he offered this story, which Nicole has a fantastic (laughs) Chicago accent that does Eddie Schwartz all the justice. So I will let you take this quote.
0: There's a seven foot guy who frequents the area. If it's a full moon, he will be out there in his robe. He's a real human
1: being from the Lamont area. Right, so Eddie Schwartz had no ghost stories <laughs> in this YouTube video that I okay. watched. Not even one. He wasn't like, oh yeah, there's some warbs in the area. He was like, there's this really tall man who walks around with robes on. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess this guy like would confront teenagers who go into the cemetery. It's like, He would tell them to leave so they don't interrupt his quote-unquote Ritual? Whilst wearing his robe. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, Eddie Schwartz didn't talk at all about any paranormal experiences. <laughs> Just um, about this guy. Only this giant man who would walk all around right. and scare teens. Okay. Well So that's my contribution to this <laughs> to the um, paranormal research. Yeah. Alright. Eddie Schwartz is my kind of investigator. <laughs> It's like, look at this freak over here. I can't do a Chicago accent. You can do every accent except for the accent that you're supposed to have. I don't have an accent. That's why I must make them. Well, um, do we want to read some personal stories? Yes, I think that we should. Do you want to read yours first or should I read I will. It?
0: So I have a little little experience from my friend, Isabella. Hey, Isabella. Who uh, didn't invite me to go to the cemetery with her when she experienced this. So thanks, Isabella. No, but it
1: was just her birthday. So happy birthday. It
0: was just her birthday. So shout out, happy birthday. So she says, the main thing that I experienced was a feeling of heaviness as soon as we started on the path to the cemetery. The cemetery itself is very small and inside a forest preserve. You could drive past the entrance on the busy road and not even notice. The path to the cemetery is probably like 200 feet. Keep in mind, we went on actual Halloween during the day.
1: Oh, spooky season.
0: Yeah. And I was skeptical about actually experiencing anything. Just thought it would be a fun Halloween activity. About 10 seconds into walking on this path to the cemetery... It feels harder to breathe, like slightly claustrophobic, even though we were outside. It was just noticeably heavier, heavier. So the whole time I'm walking around the cemetery, I feel a little on edge because of it. When we leave on the path, I experience the same heavy feeling. Right as we exit the path, it stops. And that's when everyone in our group acknowledges out loud that they all felt the same heaviness that I felt. Wow. No one said anything about it earlier when they went. She said they had they went to other supposedly haunted cemeteries that day too, and they didn't experience anything like they did at Bachelors Grove. Uh, my friend, my other friend Jory, took some pictures while they were there, which she says that they're orbs. So I'm going to ask her to send... Us some of those so yes. we can post. She also says that her and her roommates went again to Bachelor's Grove in March, but they didn't experience that same heavy feeling. So she thinks it was a part of the fact that because they went on Halloween, that the veil was just like a little bit thinner that day.
1: Whoa, spooky scary. Yeah, so super cool. That's a great story. Thanks so much, Isabella. And we have some cool pictures from her. So yeah, we're going to we share those. We will. We have baby. Daughter or Infant whatever it's called. Daughter. <laughs> Stop calling it baby daughter. <laughs> a baby ghost girl. I have a story. Um, it's a firsthand account from a man named William, who is part of a paranormal Facebook group that I'm a part of. And he sent this story to me. Awesome. So very cool. So he says, okay, so this is how it goes. It was the middle of August and my cousin says, hey, let's go to Bachelor's Grove. It's an old, old cemetery just outside of Chicago. I've never been there before, but he told me about a weird story about him and his brother going there the winter before. They saw footsteps in the snow circling each headstone, but no footsteps going in or out of the place except their own. That's creepy. Anyways, I started researching the cemetery on the net. The internet. Yes, that's what he's referring to here. (laughs) and come to find that it's one of the most haunted places in the world, supposedly, right? So being always fascinated but always skeptic about paranormal stuff, I say, yeah, let's go! I got nothing else going on! (laughs) We go the next day, and as soon as we arrive, something just does not feel right. But I pay no attention to it, knowing where I'm at, and that my mind is going to be playing with me, right? So we start on the trail to the cemetery, and all is good and well. Finally, we approach the front gate and we enter. We start walking around, reading the headstones and snapping pictures, but nothing out of the ordinary is going on. And then, all of a sudden, me and my cousin just grabbed each other, looking the same direction, and there they were, three mildly dark shadows holding hands, walking clear across the middle of the cemetery. Two adult-sized shadows and one child, Or maybe just someone really short. (laughs) He's inclusive. I like it. I like it too. Full bodied all of them, just walking across the place, but no movement of the legs much really. Kind of more of like they floated across. Once they reached the opposite end, they just plain vanished. We look at each other in disbelief, but no, we saw the same thing. We turned to my other cousin. Whoa, there's a third person here. When did he get in the
0: picture? (laughs) Probably just neglected to mention him in the beginning. Oh,
1: yeah. Maybe he meant cousins. Mm. So we turned to my other cousin, and he said that he didn't see anything, but he looked real sick or something, and then boom, all types of crazy stuff starts to happen. We see more shadows all over the place, but these were clear figures, not dark or shadowy, just clear. Kinda like when you're invisible in a video game.
0: Like the uh Predator from our Skinwalker yes. series.
1: Whoa. Like there's like the shimmery yeah. Yeah. predator. We start snapping more shots and all kinds of crazy orbs appear in the picture. By this point we're all a little bit spooked and we tailed it out of there. We've been back a couple times, but nothing else had happened. Not even a weird feeling, nothing. I don't know what went on that day, but since then, I've been a true believer, and it has not been my last encounter with the paranormal. Well, tell us more, William. William! You're holding out on us. (laughs) William with the cousins.
0: (laughs) That was fantastic. That was very, very good. Thank you to both of our write-ins for their experiences, Isabella and William at Baxter's Grove. If you have any
1: experiences of your own, let us know. Yes, email us us at quiteunusualpod at gmail.com or, Mm -hmm. as always, just (laughs) slippery slide into those GMs. I also want to say that if
0: you would like to visit the cemetery, you can. It is completely open during the day, but only during the day because I think at night it is patrolled by the police. And actually, Zach Bagans claimed that he and his crew were the first – investigators to be allowed access at night so they don't allow people unless you're like a part of a special group or something or no. if you're zach bagans <laughs> i was
1: gonna say unless you're zach bagans <laughs> he gave him the old bagans charm right
0: and they actually recommend if you do visit to come on a weekday or in the winter because chicago winters are fucking terrible trust <gasps> me we know
1: oh i love winter
0: but you don't want to be outside in winter
1: no, you don't want
0: to. Be so, like, if you want to ghost hunt by yourself, go during the polar polar vortex when it's like negative 30 outside.
1: I'm going in February if you want to come. I do want to come. Okay, then let's go. It's a date. Just bring hot chocolate. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh, so cute. <laughs> I have a listener mail that we were Ooh. going to read last week, Oh like, yeah! but remember we were like two hours in and we're like, wait, we, we, we shouldn't do this. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. So without further ado, this is listener mail from our friend Spencer of hey, Spencer. Aliens and Stuff, which is a very, very cool YouTube show that you all should check out if you have a minute. Mm. Highly recommend. He says, should I read this in an offensive accent? Mm. He's from England? He's from Cornwall, babe. <gasps> oh,
0: you could never do it justice. I couldn't. Oh, <laughs> I'm from Cornwall. I won't do it. That you was sound just... like you're from London. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. I'm just joking. Okay, well, so we, we just need to have
1: him like record his voice and send it to us. Oh, why doesn't he? He's so much better. I watch their YouTube videos all the time because it's three guys and they're all British, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Speak British, dude. Say, say Skinwalker Ranch again, boys. So Spencer says i'm from cornwall u k the end of the Western world, where locations are literally known as land's end hmm. it's an area with a rich history where Christian missionaries would twist pagan customs yes to apply to biblical lore and there is a mythical history of giants, judges cursed by the devil, and a multitude of cryptids roaming the land, which they still do." Hmm. I grew up in a townhouse in Penzance, where the attic led directly into my bedroom. Ooh, creepy. As a child, I was tormented by the spirit of what appeared to be a giant bear and a malicious chicken that had teamed up despite all odds to torment me. This is a children's show in the making. That is so cool. It wasn't a bad dream. Every night, they would open the attic door and look down at me, taunting keeping me awake oh whoa i would shit the bed (laughs) (laughs) when i was a bit older i moved to the only city in the county where the main house was a good five minutes from the roadside while alone i used to hear a deep almost cheerful voice ask hello (laughs) but i wrote it off as a childhood imagination it happened many times, and I had reoccurring dreams of a faceless man blocking the door into my living room, preventing me from seeing my parents and family within. That's terrifying. England? Sounds fucking scary. Yeah. Please finish Bly Manor so we can I will. About I, will it. I will. I will. So he continues, when I was trying to sleep, I would see the entrance to my parents' room down the corridor. We never shut doors growing up i could see my parents doorway from the bedroom when they were downstairs i used to see an arm waving through the doorway just an arm beckoning me into the room don't go just an arm from the shoulder up but waving me towards the room i always ignored it or cried for my mom but she came up and the room would be empty one day my parents were cleaning the car which meant going down a flight of stairs along the corridor through the courtyard, up more concrete stairs, and up onto the roadside. I could see them through the upstairs window. I heard the, hello, again, but this time I froze as I saw my little sister's reaction. She was obviously not as comfortable with it as I was after a year blocking it out, and I asked, do you hear that? Yes, she said, all the time. We were both struck. Having been afraid alone for a good year, the voice changed from an almost cheerful vibe to a malicious laugh, Mm. at which point my sister and I ran the 50-plus meters back to my parents, who had no idea what we were talking about. We moved shortly after. I have goosebumps. You know it's a good listener mail when you get goosebumps afterwards. That sounds like a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Oh, I grew up in haunted houses. Every house I've ever lived in has been haunted. And if I ever saw a fucking chicken look at me from the ceiling. A chicken and a bear. Ugh. And a fucking disembodied hand waving you into a dark room. Oh, Spencer. Whew. So, yeah, that's fucking terrifying. Um, thank you, Spencer, so much for writing that to us. Yeah, and thank everyone, you. check out Aliens and stuff on the YouTube. You're going to like it. Also, one more thing. <gasps> yes. Before yes. we end our show, mm. we want to give a shout out to listener and friend of the podcast, Evan, and his new wife, Courtney. Yes. They just got married. Like, yesterday yesterday it was yesterday oh my gosh congrats guys mazel tov wishing both of you spooky babes an eternity of happiness and i don't know spooktastic fun
0: spooktastic fun
1: yes and um evan is he's the author of the book that we're reading for Mm -hmm. our first book club meeting
0: yeah so congrats to you guys we really wishing you the best of luck all of the look.
1: And happy spooky marriage. Yes. They're going to Salem for their honeymoon. <laughs> no. Yes. Very fun. Oh, we're going to Salem next will, week. Will we be there? No, we oh, won't. okay. Yeah, um, we're going to Salem too. This will come out on Monday the 26th and we will be in Salem on Thursday. So yes, if want. anyone has some recommendations. Ooh, yes. Send them our way. Please. A lot of stuff is closed. We're, it's going to be like a super low
0: key Salem trip because obviously covid but we have tickets we have an airbnb there's open cemeteries plan to go to those so should be fun we are going to go to there we are going to go to there let us know
1: if there's somewhere that we should go to
0: yes and if you like what you heard want to do some more research yourselves all of the source material the links will be provided in our description so you can check that out
1: also, if you have any cool listener lore, listener stories, this episode was full of it, mm-hmm. um, let us know. Like we said earlier, please email us. Contact us at quiteunusualpod at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook. Um, we have a group there. It's super fun. You can yeah. join. On Instagram, we're on Twitter. We're on MySpace. Um, <laughs> we're on MySpace. You can smoke signal us, quite unusual pod yeah. at smokesignal.com. Um, Hit us up. I just made that up. Please don't. That's not a thing. (laughs) Don't do that. Um, And then also, I just really want to ask, if you like us, please rate. Please review. Yes. Please subscribe to our podcast, and then also, if you do leave us a review, let us know, and we'll send you some stickies.
0: Yeah, and thanks so much for just everyone who follows us, everyone that talks to us on social media, and just oh. engages with us. We really do love you guys. Man. We and we talk about you like we were yeah. friends. We appreciate you guys, so just keep it up because we wanna we wanna keep hearing from you. So yes.
1: amazing. Do you have anything else to plug?
0: We also, I believe, are going to start, we're going to hop on that Patreon bandwagon. Mm -hmm. So if you guys like us and you want some more extra content, some discount codes, all that fun stuff, look out for a Patreon coming your way soon. It's coming. Yes. There will be
1: information out um, by the end of the week. Yeah. Uh, Do you have anything else that you would like to plug, Noelle? Um, Honestly, I want to plug voting. Oh, very important. Please yes. vote. Please if, vote. If you live in these United States of America, fucking vote because vote. Um, we have a monster in charge <laughs> and we don't want him to be there anymore. Yes, it's your so, civic duty. Yes, please, please, please vote. Um, make a voting plan. This is going to come out about a week before the election. Mm-hmm. So get it done, whether that's early voting or going to your voting place, um, yes. your polling place. Know where that is. Just please do it. Please vote. It's your job. Yes.
0: And also remember to celebrate the strange. And also keep it unusual. Bye. Bye.